Hello, my friends. It feels so good to be back. Welcome back to another episode of the Mental Corner Podcast, the show where I bring on guests from all different backgrounds to talk all the things mental health. I'm your host, Harry Poppin, and today I have the absolute pleasure of being joined by Tim McCarthy. Tim is a comedian and the host of the podcast, 20 Tim Minutes, which is a 20-minute podcast that focuses on mental health using humor, insight, and personal stories. Tim was a blast to have on, and I really want to thank him again for coming on and having this discussion with me. Now, if you didn't listen to the last episode and you're wondering why did he take such a long time in between episodes... I needed a break. I was incredibly burnt out. So I took a break from social media. I took a break from the show and I went on a vacation with my family. We went up to Alaska. Uh, It was amazing. Such a great time. Once in a lifetime experience. And it got me away from my phone, which was something that I desperately needed. And now the challenge for me is actually getting back into the groove of social media, which um, is a pretty good problem to have. I won't lie. I'd rather that than the other way around that I had before. So trying to ease my way back into the social media world, uh, but also taking it easy because I burn out pretty quick, I find, with social media. And it just, for what? You know, for what? Like everything I need is out of the metaverse, whatever the heck it's called now. So um, yeah, but I missed the show. I missed you guys. And I'm really, really excited to get back into it. And also I need a haircut and a beard trim bad because I look like I was in Alaska for 10 days. I'm looking like a freaking bushman over here. Before we get into the episode today, guys, you know the drill. If you're listening, please like, comment, share, subscribe, give five stars if you're on that podcast platform. Share with someone who might want to hear this episode. It's a really great one. I can't wait for you to listen. I'll talk to y'all very soon. Have a great rest of your day. Tim, what's going on, man? Thank you so much for joining me today. Hey, what's happening, my man? Thank you for having me on. So my first question, I ask all my guests the same kind of broad, super question, but where does your like story with mental health, where does that all begin? I think it begins early with everyone else, but I think it's when it, you realize it. I didn't mm. realize it until probably like the end of high school and college. Like I, I knew I was being sad for a weird reason in high school, and I just didn't understand it. And I, I graduated in 2004, so I think that time frame was like still kind of the end of the era. Like, oh, you'll be fine. Like everything was just like, you'll be fine. And I was like, I don't know if I'm gonna be. <laughs> so college is when I first started going to like a, like a doctor, but it was like a doctor for the actual college. So like when I asked for help, they was like, oh, just take this Prozac. I go, okay, so like I don't talk to anybody. Like they just give me this. Mm-hmm. So I think that was like where it all began and like how it kind of just down spiraled from there and like being mistreated, like misdiagnosed, getting pills like left and right and just like not figuring out what was really wrong until I was about like 35. So looking at like 2015, 16, 17, 18 is when I really started to figure out who I was. Right. Isn't that crazy? Like I I had a similar experience going into university where I asked for help and I went to the doctor and they just threw a bunch of pills at me and didn't even tell me what the pills were. And they were just kind of like, good luck. Dude, I, I don't doubt it. It's it's insane how it was like that. It's just like, yeah, just get out of my office. Take some pills. Yeah. It was super dismissive. When when did you when did you when did you get your first uh diagnosis? Was that in university or was that afterwards? Oh man, that was uh way after. I just never really got diagnosed. Like I kept going to like my primary care doctor, which is like they're okay. They're just like the general admission to like mental health. You know what I mean? They're like they'll steer you to certain ways. But I knew I was I was like having issues. And I always knew I had undiagnosed ADHD. Like I just, everyone knew it was like a running gag. Like I never paid attention in school, like nothing like that. So I didn't start getting diagnosed until I started going to therapy again, like, like early thirties, I'm 36 now. And I found out I was bipolar two, ADHD, general anxiety. And, uh, and looking back, I'm like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I wish somebody told me this like a long time ago. Like I was a C's and D's get degrees type of kid. If I had a, if I had Adderall when I was in high school, I probably would have went to a better college and blah, blah, blah. But I can't be playing that game. There's a reason why I'm here now. And look, now we're talking to each other. So, right. Yeah. You can't play the what if game. Yeah. It'll, it'll eat you alive, man. Now, now when you, when you first got your diagnosis, was there, what were your thoughts behind it? Cause there, there's the, it's like a double-edged sword in my opinion. This is how I felt anyway, when I got my diagnosis was Thankfully, I now know what's going on, but also that labeling kind of felt like it had a weight on my shoulders. Yeah, I think, yeah, 
bittersweet for sure because the adhd like i said it was like i already knew about it so i'm like oh that's cool like at least i know now and they're like yeah you're bipolar too and i was like huh so i'm like doing my own research about it like hearing about it there's such a stigma to it i hate it i still have breakdowns today about it because i'm like i just had my therapy session not too long ago and we talked about it and like i would always start crying about when i talk about my bipolar too because i know it's never going to go away i just have to manage it for the rest of my life no one's like oh yeah i got cured of adhd you're like wait what <laughs> you never really hear that or hear it at all so knowing that like i have to battle it and like have this thing with me until i die is like yeah it's definitely like on my shoulders and weighing me down a lot but you just got to keep fighting it uh the best you can and some days i can and i'm not gonna lie to you, people out there like some days i really can't and i think anyone that says like yeah you could do it every day like ah, I, don't, I don't think so <laughs> yeah there's that toxic positivity all over the place yes and i think that stems from a lot of the uh social medias uh which I can go on a rant about TikTok. Duh, don't even get me going. Let's do it. No, uh, before we do get you going though, um, was there a reason that you went to get help? Because you said you were dealing with it all throughout high school. Was there ever something that pushed you to finally go, okay, I, I actually need to see someone professional about this. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, leading up to what happened was I, I would just be like, yeah, I'll figure it out on my own. Like, yeah, it would just happen. Like it'll go like, go like that. So on, um, I was having like a real tough time with my wife. We're still going through a separation, like work, like everything was beating me down. Like nothing was going right for me. I was like hurting everybody. I was just being an asshole. Just like when you're bipolar too, like the rage that comes out of you is just like not cool. Mm. Um, I was never physical with anybody. I was never like, I, but like, I just have like a sharp tongue. Like I know how to say things to people that will really break them down. And I just didn't like that. So on one day, May 5th, 2019, um, I tried committing suicide, which I dub now Cinco de Hango. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, so that's, I got like, uh, I didn't get in trouble. Obviously that's not the right word, but a lot of people started being very concerned. Like my wife, people at work kind of knew something was up. So like I got tracked down by like the police to find me and stuff. And it was just tough. So I knew like that, that day I was like, I need real help. And I finally like reached out to go see more. And I, I was seeing therapy therapists up until that. And they, they couldn't really diagnose me with anything. They just knew about the ADHD. And I just kept getting like different things. So when I found somebody that I really liked, I was like, okay, like this is manageable. So that's where it like started to change around. But I, I definitely needed to get help after that. Because if I didn't, I, I probably would be dead. And we wouldn't be talking right now. <laughs> right. No, I'm glad you're here, man. But Thanks. did you, because, you know, I, I tried to take my life as well. And I felt like, it's it sounds corny but there was like a voice telling me do not do this shit please i feel like that happens to everybody anyone that i've talked about that i think it's meant to be and it's unfortunate for the people that do commit suicide maybe that didn't happen to them and i feel bad but mm -hmm. i feel like the people that are here from that something like that happens and mine's a little bit weird and mine was i was standing there with because i had my jujitsu belt and uh, i just got my blue belt too and i was like no matter what happened in my life during that time, I didn't care. Like I just, I earned my blue belt in a martial art that I loved and I didn't mm -hmm. care. So okay. I, I had that around my neck and I was just standing there like crying. And I thought like, like time was just like going on forever and ever. And it was probably like 15 minutes at most. And my cat bumped into me and she like meowed at me and Lucille. And I was like, what? And like, she like kind of like woke me up and then I realized I didn't feed her. So by the time I was, I fed her, like somebody called me on the phone and I got like distracted, you know what I mean? So it's like, she was like kind of my voice. And I always joke with, with my, uh, with my wife now is like, if I, if she dies before me, I'm going with her. <laughs> like, you know what oh, I mean? Like yeah. she saved my life. So like, she's like my pride and joy. And it was just like funny because like, I remember her looking up at me and I just had like tears coming down and I found out it was my, I, I didn't realize about the date until later. And it was also my brother's birthday. So it was oh, May wow. 5th, my brother's, I would have just like ruined so many people's lives not even just my own it's just like it's like oh it's my brother's birthday he'd be like oh happy birthday They'd be like oh did you know my brother killed himself today it's like i couldn't do that to somebody but yeah my voice was uh the sound of a cat yeah <laughs> you don't you don't even think about that when you're when you because when you're in it you, you just you just want to go you're like i've i've dealt with this for too fucking long i want to get out of here you don't think about like you know it's your brother's birthday or like how your family's gonna react i actually there was a I had a guest on, and I think I've brought this up a lot on the show since that episode, because it was a mother who came on talking about how her son killed himself. And it was like the most emotional thing I've ever had to interview for. And yeah. I just kind of like, it gave me that perspective of like what my family would have been like if 
I had actually gone through with it. And it was just a weird sobering moment where you're like, this affects a lot more people than just me. Oh, hundred percent, dude. I was, I, I volunteer for the Plymouth County suicide coalition. It's a long name. Um, yeah. they're like, it's just a local like suicide prevention thing in like my town. And, uh, went to one of the meetings and one of the guys said a great thing I'll never forget. He's like, I wish people that committed suicide could see their funeral before they, yeah. they did it. And like, I was thinking about that too. I was like, damn, I was like thinking of people like I haven't talked to in a while. Like people that like, I forgot to like text back or call back like how pissed they would be. You know what I mean? So like, I started thinking about it later. I was like, man, I would have been a dick. <laughs> mm, yeah. Yeah. Seriously, man. Yeah. It's crazy. Cause you get like tunnel vision. Yeah, I felt like the movie Get Out. I always tell people this. I was walking up my stairs. I remember the day like perfectly. I was walking up the stairs. I waved bye to my dog like he could even wave back. And I went up the stairs and I felt like I was in like uh, like the last row of a movie theater in my own brain. Like in the movie Get Out, like without the racism, it was like me not controlling my own body. Like I had like that outer body experience almost, if, if that's what it was. And I just remember that feeling. I was looking back. I was like, damn, that was such like a weird like just like my body felt like not real. I don't know. It's so it's so weird to like explain it. Yeah. No, I get that. Now, when 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 it happened, like, did you who, did you let anyone know right away? Because I've heard stories of people who don't tell anybody right away, or because they just want to keep it to themselves. Because you know, with the stigma and everything, there's this idea where it's like, oh, you're weak. You you tried to kill yourself. Like you obviously don't like you're not strong enough to deal with everyday pressures blah 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 all this stupid crap so did you tell anyone right away or did you keep it hidden uh no i had to tell people right away so kind of like a weird thing it's like i'm one of those guys that if my phone has a notification on it i have to look at it so like on yeah. snapchat i was talking with my co-workers and we, we have like a group chat and i was just making a lot of weird comments to them being like oh hopefully like my house like explodes and stuff like that and they just thought it was a little bit weirder than normal because I, I have a dark humor so after that, they saw that I opened up the chat and they knew I was still there. And I was like, ah, oh, shit. So then my wife called me and like, she could tear it in my voice. Something was wrong. And I, I have such a terrible poker face. Mm. So like, I started like breaking down, telling her what happened. So then like work called me. Cause like I was talking to my coworkers. So like I inadvertently told people like, I probably, if I was tougher and didn't have anxiety with like notifications on my phone or like my phone ringing twice, uh, I would have been probably quiet about it, but I think it's like one of those things. It was like a blessing in disguise almost. That's like, this is how you are. So this is what's going to happen to you. Like anything that's going to happen is going to happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Did you, now when you, when you first opened up about it, did it, how, how weird did it feel? When I first told someone that I wanted to end my life, if it, I can't even explain the feeling, it was like everything kind of froze i felt like i was in a movie it didn't feel like i was saying it because for so long i hit it and i was like no that's not you that's just some stupid voice in your head telling you crap like that's not actually what you believe blah 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 and then it kind of got to you and then eventually you say it and then that makes it real yeah it definitely it was a relief for me because again like i don't like holding things in i like to get them out so i do this thing i i like to call it passive unaggressive where i say something very serious in a joking tone so mm -hmm. i'll be leaving work and i'll be like all right guys i'm hopefully my car flips over on the ride home and they're like ah, ha, ha. i'm like no i really do. i hope it does like oh. that's how i was i was like i hopefully like i do die like every i had ideations i still have ideations to this day in it but it's not to that extent it's just like um it's just one of those things. It's like people with mental health issues, they still think about it. Like you think about it still sometimes, right? But not in like a, yeah. like a way that you would do it. Like, oh, dude, hopefully today a piano drops on my head. It's like a passing uh, thought. Yeah. Yes. Something that you don't dwell on at all. But no, I, I think mine was like a big relief. So saying it out loud wasn't that big for me because I'm so open with my life anyway that like getting it out was relieving but also it came with like the emotions so like i would probably cry and it, the story would take probably like 10 more minutes so the more you talk about it the easier it is and you do see like people coming out of the woodwork you probably get it too man like with the podcast you get people messaging you being like oh i've been there like thank you for this like i that happened to me like my first week in and that was like my only goal and i was like oh i could retire now like i don't even <laughs> yeah. have to do this podcast like that's all i wanted to do is like help one person because like people like us that was sitting in the dark without that is like the worst feeling. Like even like my, my worst enemy, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want that to happen to them. I would rather have them like get the top of their feet burnt from the sun than have to deal with like what we had to deal with. You know what I mean? It's like, it's brutal. Yeah. It's, it, it's also hard to like, look back. Like I know it's important to look back and reflect and do all of that, but sometimes like, I, I won't lie. 
I'm not perfect. I'll look back and feel pretty freaking embarrassed about how I acted towards certain things because I was such a hothead because I was hiding so much crap. Yeah, um, uh, I know. I would mine would stay in so much that when it would leak out, it was just like a big. It's like the Hoover Dam getting knocked down. It was yeah. like just like I had I was holding up so much and hiding so much, and then something would leak out, and then just boom, like everything went else. Like so, I was very uh, short fused as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just, it's hard to look back, but I, I I find it important because then for me anyway, when I look back, it I find answers to things that didn't make sense before. Like I'll look back and I'm like, why did I react so poorly towards that? Oh, it's because of this. Okay, that makes sense. And then you kind of start to build that self-love through that reflection for me anyway, because I always just settled that, you know, I'm a hothead. That's it. I'm a dick, whatever. Like everyone who comes in my life is going to walk on eggshells and that's just how it is. Yep. But you know, things change obviously. Yeah. And sometimes it's too tough to change in front of people's eyes. That's why I like a lot of like connections or friendships that I've made have kind of like fell by the wayside almost because like, I feel like I've, I've gotten too many chances with people. Yeah. To the point where, like, I finally got figured out, like, what happened. It's, like, kind of, like, too late. So, yeah, I definitely understand, like, looking back and be like, oh, I wish I changed this, wish I changed that. I think that's what's different about with me is I, 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 I'm having a tough time doing it, but I'm doing it is, like, leaving things in the past and just, like, learning from them and not dwell on them anymore. The biggest lie I've ever told myself was uh, I don't care what other people think. Mm. Uh, that was something that I carried for far too long, and I was so afraid to admit it to somebody. And it's like, oh, yeah, I don't care what they say about me. And then, like, inside, I'm like, I want to know everything they're saying about me right now. <laughs> like, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Um, so, th yeah, between those two, it's, like, the biggest lies I've ever I've ever told myself. It's like, oh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not worried about the past. Like, past is the past. And I'll be like, no, that's that's what shaped my whole life. But, no, now I'm both of those. I'm, like, getting older, like, 36. It's like I'm in, like, my wheelhouse of just being, like, I can't wait to be a little bit older so I can be, like, really crazy and not care about anything. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm pretty open about, like, the majority of my life. There's, there's still some stuff I hold back, but I'm, like, can't wait till I'm, like, 40, 45, and it's, like, the whole Hoover Dam comes down. <laughs> you don't give a shit. It's all out. <laughs> yeah. That's what I want. <laughs> I love it. Now, when, when, you, when you were first getting, um, like, your recovery, when you were seeing therapy, like, what did, what did your kind of recovery process look like? did you you took medication right yeah so i forget like the early ones i think it was on like lexapro i forget all these ones that i all these when i was like going through like different type of therapists but i would give up on them early because mm. like it was something that like freaked me out about them or like it just didn't work like one lady it was on a farm right i go to her <laughs> farm there's like donkeys and mules and like chickens rolling around and i go in and i'm like waiting in her hallway everything smells like cat pee by the way oh. and then like books are opening by themselves it was like the texas chainsaw massacre <laughs> house it's like baby heads like i'm like i gotta get out of here i didn't even meet that lady i was like get me out of here um so yeah i would get thrown like pills here and there because i just didn't like talking to people i didn't know and it took me a long time until i found somebody and i said that's when i started getting diagnosed um and he's his name is ron and i was with him for about six months we had a great time together and he's like yeah i'm retiring i'm like what uh. I'm like, I, I found this guy. He's awesome. And I, got, I remember the first thing I realized about him, I was like, he's got Velcro shoes on. Like, this guy doesn't care about anything. I'm like, this guy's <laughs> a man. He wasn't even that old. Um, and he was awesome. But then it, it led to my other therapist, Rachel, who I think was like younger than I was. It felt like that movie 50-50. Where like, mm. I was like, is my therapist younger than me? And she changed my life after everything. Like she would always say like how much she saw, like a change in me. Like I tell people in 2019, if you saw me with a beard, like that was like the worst part of my life. Like I didn't care. Like I was in my bed, not showering for days. I would call out a sick uh, from work. It was like bullshit excuses all the time. So then recently she found a different practice and left me as well. And we were together for about two years. So that was a big doozy, but now I got uh, between like one other therapist I didn't like again. I actually ended up with her dad who is oh. like a therapist. Like it's like, I, I felt like that meme where it's like the therapist's therapist's final boss. Like I felt like I did like a Mario like tube and like got to him somehow. Yeah. And it's been going great ever since. But yeah, with the medications too, it's like I'm up and down. I'm on so much stuff right now. I'm on Lamictal, which is a mood stabilizer, and I'm pretty much maxed out on that. I have to take 200 milligrams twice a day. I'm on 50 milligrams of Adderall extended release, and the max you can take a day is 60 milligrams. Mm. I'm on I'm on Abilify and Wellbutrin. Uh, Wellbutrin was 
given to me during the winter blues. Uh, that's like a big winter blues thing. And I guess it's to help people not smoke too, which uh, I never smoke. Don't smoke out there. If anyone's listening to this, uh, if they take away anything, don't smoke cigarettes. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm on like just a bunch of pills. And I, I've always been against them when I was growing up because I'm like, I don't want to have like these pills like define me. And another thing I would always say to my therapist is like, I always make comparisons to this. Like, say we lived in like the 1800s or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, I'm always like, oh, the John Quincy Adams era is another one I say. It's like we were supposed to be who we were supposed to be back then. They didn't have medications to change people. It's like who knows who was a psychopath back then. You know what I mean? A lot like, of them. Exactly. And I use those words freely or whatever because I'm a crazy person. I call myself a functioning psychopath. Mm-hmm. So, like, back then, if I lived there, I would have been a bipolar human and I just would have had to deal with it. And I probably would have killed myself back then. So it's like, why do I deserve medication now? Just because like, because like some people just figured it out. Like what makes me like have to have it? And he's like, why? And like, he just said to me, he's like, why can't you just reap the benefits of it? And I was like, stop trying to make this make sense. I'm like, just let me be <laughs> upset about it. Stop being smart. But that, that's how I always thought. I was like, these medications are making somebody who I'm not. And I still have trouble with that because I feel like we should all be our true selves, even though that sounds like a motivational speech right now. That's not me. But it's, it took me time to realize, like, yeah, meds are made by somebody else that had issues. Because another example was, like, you think people with glasses were going to turn down medication? No. Or somebody that has cancer, they're like, oh, I'm going to turn that medication down. So it's kind of a spit in the face to those people for me to be like, yeah, like, like I, I don't need these to, like, help me out. It's like, well, they're not complaining about it. It's like, yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. I was super hesitant. I, I think j- the, there was that idea that you were going to get like addicted to it. You're going to turn into a zombie. Yeah. And I I don't know. What was your, like w- when you first got on it, what was your experience like first getting on them? Dude, the, I'll tell you what, the um, sexual arousal was brutal. That's like one of like the main, <laughs> dude, I'm a, Hey, I'm going to be honest out there. Like some of these meds will kill your libido and that will drive you sometimes mad. Like for me, I'm like, yeah, I need some sexual desire. Like, I'm not just going to sit here happy and just be like, oh, I'm going to play video games for the rest of my life. Like, no, I need like some human interaction if you catch me, my dude. Right. Yeah. Um, so that was like a big one at first. And then I think it was Lexapro or something else. I forget the name of it, but I remember being so happy. I was in such a great mood, but I couldn't move. I was on the couch, couldn't move. I was like paralyzed, but I was like, life's great. <laughs> and my fuck? wife was like, yeah, you need to like get up and move around. I'm like, no, I'm just going to stay here forever. And it was like the weirdest thing because I knew like it wasn't right for me to just like sit around and not move. But I was like super like chipper and like all this. So like I had to change off that. And then like another one just killed my like sexual desires. And that was another one. Like Adderall is a big one of that, but I'm kind of managing around it. But yeah, getting the, getting on pills right away at first is, is tough. And anyone that is starting out on pills or they don't think it's going to work you just gotta you gotta bite the bullet and just keep doing it until the next round because that's Mm -hmm. a big thing that people do they give up on their medication too quick they think it's supposed to cure them or work instantly or that stuff like you're gonna go through some shit like it might not it might make you sick it might give you a rash it's like you just got to keep in touch with your primary or whoever like gave you those pills but yeah, that's another big step that people forget. Um, like, you know how it is, dude. It's like a long road. This thing is a battle. It's not easy. If it was easy, like anyone could do it. And anyone can do it with the support system. Not a lot of people have support. Um, but I always tell them, I'm like, hey, man, like, if you need me, I'm there. But I'm letting you know, like, this this, this road ain't easy. No. Well, the other thing is, like, I, I think sometimes I'm still too hard on myself uh, because it's not a linear process. And it's not once you figure stuff out you're going to be completely fine. Like this weekend, if I'm being completely honest, I did jack shit. I I could not find the energy or the mental capacity to get off the couch. And I'm sitting here going, what is wrong with me, man? Get up, get, go to the gym, get freaking moving. Like, you know, this, you know, this works and something just, I just couldn't. And I I think I'm, I'm not like, you you have to remember to be not kind to yourself. It's not going to just all of a sudden click like all those self-help people think. Yeah. That, that happens to me all the time. It's like, you know, what's wrong and you know, what could fix it. It's like when people just go, just breathe. And I'm like, yeah, thanks. And then two minutes later, I'm like, yeah, I haven't, I haven't taken a breath in a while. And then like, I feel better. (laughs) You know what I mean? I'm like, just don't tell me because I know. Cause like, we're at that point, like we know what works and what doesn't work. And when someone tries to help in like a different way, you're like, oh, you're like, you're being so nice, but so wrong right now. I know. It's like, <laughs> stop. 
please. Yeah. yeah. I, I appreciate it, but yep. oh, I'm too yeah. stubborn for you to tell me that. Oh my God, dude. I, I think a lot of mental health people are very stubborn. <laughs> and that's Probably. totally fine. Totally that's, fine. That's how we got here. Yep, exactly. Exactly. That That's what put me off of therapy forever is the people who I loved in my close circle were like, you need help. And hearing that, I was like, I'm going to get even less help now. And yep, I'm going to be yep. more of a dick. No, it's another one is, uh, did you take your meds today? Oh. <laughs> well, like, no, and I'm not going to anymore. Yeah, exactly. Mad stubborn. And it's like, I'm in the corner, like popping them by, like popping them like all secretly so they don't see me. I'm like, yeah, I took them. Yeah, you fucking dick. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, that's, I wish someone had told me, because when I first got on medication, I'm not on it anymore, but when I first got on medication, the doctor and she was incredible, but the doctor just kind of gave it to me and was like, Hey, these are going to help you. And didn't tell me that it was going to be like a roller coaster. Like, cause I asked and I was, I was like, how's it going to be? And she was like, Oh, you should, you should be balanced out in a week or two. I didn't know that meant like I was going to hallucinate and freaking go on mood swings and black out and not oh sleep. My God. I was like, what the hell? I wish someone told me. Yeah, I would, uh, there's certain, I don't think I've ever had like any backlash. Like I think the one that I deal with a lot now and it's like, a, it, it's good because I needed to drink more water. It's just like having cotton mouth all day, every day. Mm. Like, I just like, like, Oh, you high? I'm like, no, I just look like this all the time. So like, I, it sounds like I'm just chewing on sand all day and it's just like brutal, but not hallucinations. That's a huge one, man. I feel bad that you had to go through that. It was, I don't, I don't think it was the medic. Well, it might've been, I don't know what it was, but I just, I remember it was so vividly. It was, it was just like people talking to me and I was like talking back. And then everyone around me was like, what? And I'm like, yeah. what? You don't see him. <laughs> and you got that tapestry right behind you, which probably didn't help either. Yeah. I'm looking at it like, Oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> um, so when, when did you start feeling like your, uh, recovery was helping? I think when I shaved my beard off, that was like a big moment for me. It's like, you know, like in movies, like they do something like drastic, like that was like me. And I, I think that's when I knew it, it worked. I think when I had more empathy for other people, it's like, I was just like me against the world and like, no one cared about me and all this stuff. I think it's just like when I started appreciating life more and like, the, it's always the little things in life for me. It's like, just like certain little like incidents that people do for you or do in life. Like I love like the big picture is fine. It's like, Oh yeah. Come over for dinner. It's like, Oh, that's very nice. But it's like somebody like, for example, like say somebody bought like a soda that I specifically like, like that's the little thing. Like, thank you for bringing me over for dinner. Like I really appreciate that. But for someone to go out of their way to do something like that for me at a dinner, it's like, wow. It's like, that's, that's the little things in life for me. So I think I was picking up on those every so often. And I would tell people how much I appreciated them. I always tell people if they, if they allow me, I always hug people and I always tell them I love them. And, and it's funny sometimes because on the phone, I'll say it to my guy friends who sometimes they're just too masculine. Like, I don't care. I'm like, all right, man, love you. And they're like, wait, what? And I hang up the phone <laughs> and they think I'm messing with them. And I kind of am, but I always say it to people because you never know the last time you get to say it to somebody. It's like Tim died, but the last thing that he told me was he loved me. Mm. Like, that's what I wanted to do. Like he gave me a hug. Like, that's what I always do to everybody when I see them. Like I just met one of my friends' uh, wife and I went up to her and gave her a hug and I knew right away, I was like, you don't like hugs, do you? She goes, no, not really. I go, okay. <laughs> so like, I always got to like preference before I do it because I'm a very like emotional and physical type of guy. Like, like I love giving people hugs, like dapping people up, like anything like that. But I always tell people I love them. Like even the guests I have on, I'm like, all right, man, I love you. And they're like, well, who are you? I'm like, my bad, <laughs> my bad. I stopped doing that too. Uh. I can only imagine the reaction. <laughs> you have like a serious discussion, and at the end, you're like, "All right, love you," and they're like, "Yeah, what?" Oh my! Like, I've done it to so many people by mistake, like customer service reps, everything. I'm like, "Oh, oh man, thank you, I love you." And I'm like, "Oh man, I shouldn't have done that." <laughs> that is so funny, man. When uh, when did when did comedy get like come into play for you, dude? Early age. I've I've laughed. If I always tell people, if I didn't have my sense of humor or my taste in music, I would be dead. Yeah. When I was a kid, I would always get picked on a little bit because I'm a little guy, five, six, five feet of funk, you know, mm. and um, I think I just use my humor as a deflector uh, to like, I, I'm very good at self-deprecating. I'm very good at that. And I think that's what helped me at a young age. So then like, I knew comedy would like help me out, help me out with like girls, like help me out with just like people wanted me to be around because I was nice and 
like made people laugh so comedy you always hear it and see it like comics like they're always like the most like depressed people in the world and like they know how to like spin it around like i'm no like stand-up comic by any means but that's what i would do is like i would always take it off me like i would always like as much as i made fun of myself they didn't know like what was really going on and i think that's where the unpassive aggressiveness works it was like a a cry for help being mm. like oh yeah i can't wait to die today and they're like oh that's so funny and it's like yeah it would be if it actually happened oh. like you know what i mean <laughs> yeah so so like when i say that stuff to certain people i'm like oh cinco de hango they like don't know how to take it and i'm like I'm being more open about it. So like, even with my podcast, like I'm joking now, but I'm not doing that thing where it's like not open about it anymore. Like I'm very open about it. It's like, yeah, I am depressed. And these are the jokes that are in my head. And some of them are morbid and some of them are lighthearted. And I try to keep the morbid ones away from my show because my mom listens. So right. I, uh, you know what I mean? But no, comedy is a big thing for me. And I think everyone has a thing that they love in life and they don't know what it is and they have to figure it out. And comedy is so broad because I'm such a little things type of guy that comedy is so broad. I know like that's my thing. And it's like, I can't stop making, if I can't make myself laugh, it's like, you can't make other people laugh. And I always said this too, is I think the funniest thing in comedy for me, at least is when you tell a joke, you think it's funny and nobody laughs. Mm. I think that's the funniest thing in the world because in my head, it's like super funny. And like four to six people are in the room. And they don't think it's funny at all. And I'm like, that's so <laughs> funny because it's like, I thought it was funny and you don't. It sounds so stupid, but I, I always get a kick out of that. That is so funny, man. Yeah, it's so strange. And that awkward. So actually, that's that that's one of the questions I wanted to ask you when you came on because you've done stand up, right? I, I think yeah. I've seen clips of you doing it. Yeah. How how did your like mental health like how did stand up impact your mental health, either positively or negatively? Because I know a couple of stand up comics back here in Canada and I could like for me anyway, if I was on stage and there was an awkward silence, I don't think I could do it. Like, I, I think it would just eat me alive. I love awkwardness. I love awkward silence. I'm very good at handling it. I think what got me to it, which is funny, is to get in front of somebody with a microphone. I used to do karaoke like all the time. Mm. So I think like doing karaoke rap is delight was like, OK, if I can sing a seven minute song, I can do a five minute set with some people. It definitely helped me out mentally because it's like, wow, like some people that I don't know think I'm funny. And the reason I don't do it now anymore is just because of like, I just don't think I'm like good enough at sometimes. Like sometimes I am too busy with my work schedule, but it definitely helped my mental health for sure. There was probably one set I was very upset about because like I had people come out, like I had people come out to go check it out and I knew I bombed and I beat up myself so much, but it comes with the course. Like I can't be a... That's another thing to not to go off like track. It's like, I can't use my mental health as an excuse. I hate using it as an excuse. I don't know mm. if you do it. And it's no. like, uh, you feel, yeah, it, exactly. Like I'm like, Oh, I'm sorry guys. I'm bipolar. It's like, I don't want to have to do that ever. And it's like, that's why like I had a mood swing then. And everyone's like, no, it's okay. And I was being stubborn and it's just like, that's what I hate about it. And that's what came out one of those nights. But I would say to answer your question overall, like it definitely helped me out to like build my confidence and stuff. But there was other things going on too. It's like eating healthy was another one. Like you just, anything positive, you got to keep it with other positive things. And that was another positive thing in my life. And I am, I do plan on going back up uh, to do some more stand up. And like, I just do it for fun. Like I don't do it for like the money or anything. I just like, everyone needs a hobby mm -hmm. and I need to find some more hobbies instead of just sitting around. Right. Um, but no, yeah, I love stand up comedy. It's, it's, I love laughing. I love making people laugh. It's like the best. That that's the one thing that got me through the pandemic was stand up comedy. Oh yeah. I, I, I who are you, like who are your favorite? My favorite co comedian by far is Tom Segura. Tom Segura is elite. I saw him live. He was fantastic. I'm a big B Bill Burr guy, obviously yes. from being from Boston. Um, I've seen so many stand ups. It's it's crazy. I think Jim Brewer was one of the best stand up bits I've ever seen live. Um, I've seen Tom Segura. He was really good. Um, I actually saw Amy Schumer when, before she blew up, I know she gets shit on. She was good. Mm -hmm. I've seen Dane cook multiple times. Um, but there's like comics. I wish I got to see back in the day, like, uh, George Carlin, Rodney Dangerfield, like, uh, like Rodney Dangerfield today, it was like Don Rickles and stuff. I like mm. pissed myself. I'm like, they got away with so much and they were just so funny. Um, and there's probably like so many more I'm missing right now. Oh, Mitch Hedberg. Mitch Hedberg is like one of my all-time favorites too. Like he would have been, he would have killed in this day and age with Twitter because his like one one line jokes are just so so money. But mm -hmm. yeah, st stand up comedy. It's 
funny when I meet people. You ever meet people that don't like music or don't like stand up comedy? You're like, oh yeah, you're kind of a, you're kind of weirder than I am, but I like. It. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? What do you do with your time? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it's whatever. But if they're listening to your podcast, and it's a win. Yeah, exactly, man. Do you, do you still do comedy every now and then? Like, obviously not stand up, but are there other ways that you keep it going? I try to do it on like the social media and stuff like Instagram and TikTok and stuff, but I don't really, sometimes my confidence isn't that high. So I'll like post something and I'm such an instant gratification guy that I'm like, if I don't get like enough likes in like 10 minutes, I hang out, like I delete it. But then again, I have like a, like a thousand followers. It's like, they're all at work, dude. It's like 2 AM. Like, what are you doing? Like, mm -hmm. I just have such like a, I'm such my own worst critic and like, I just expect so much more from myself. And that's another thing I'm trying to work on. It's like, I, I don't have to be the best compared to other people, which I don't do. I don't do something to compare myself, but I'll see somebody. I'm like, oh, they're doing great. Like I, I, I can be great. And then I'll do it. I'm like, wait a minute. I'm not great. It's kind of <laughs> like that in a way. And yeah. so like, I'll post it from time to time. And I, I think I just get like that secondhand embarrassment of like, I think people are going to judge me that I know. I would make fun of me and stuff. And it's like, I don't care that people make fun of me, but I do. It's super weird. So like, that's, a, that's so, like I said, it's a, it's an issue that I'm still battling is like not caring what other people think. Like in my head, the way my brain works is I'll post something on there and then say like, like drinking buddy A is texting with drinking buddy B making fun of me and like a, like a text, like a side text, which in fact, that's not going on at all probably. Like yeah. I just make up all these scenarios that are so detailed in my head. It's like, well, that could happen and it probably isn't, but it could. Mm -hmm. So I trick myself in thinking that is happening. So like stupid stuff like that will stop me from doing something that could be potentially wicked funny or like even viral. Who knows? But Who knows? Um, yeah, so it's I'm my own worst enemy and I'm like, I, I put so much pressure on myself and it's something that I'm working on every day. Yeah, that's I, th I think I was with a friend and she she said it and I'll never forget it because I'm also my, my biggest critic. And I'm also a big reason why I don't do stuff because I'm so worried about the public perception and like what people are going to think. And it's not just with the show or anything, social media. It's like my everyday life. Like I'll be, uh, there, there's been times where I'm with my family and I'll, my mom and sister will be talking. I'm like, guys, can you like not talk so loud? All right. People are going to think you're annoying. And like, I worry about it. And so I was with a friend and she was talking loud or something. And I was like, Hey, can you like lower it down, please? And she goes, why do you give a shit? And I was like, I don't know. And she's like, you'll never see these people again. And I'm like, I know, but still, I don't want to be labeled as annoying. She's like, look at those people over there. Are you like, do you put any energy towards them right now? Like, are you looking at them and judging them? I was like, no. And she's like, what makes you think they're doing the same to you? Like it's, and right. I right away i was like oh. i'd be like stop pointing stop pointing at him I'd that's the same i was like I, I had to like look at the ground i was like yeah okay like I, I get it i get it all right it's just but it's true like it what makes me think that everyone else is focused on me when i don't focus on them yeah and like we're not even that important to anybody you know no. what i mean not even being a jerk it's like no, that's it's true. true we're not yeah and it's so funny. I'm the same exact way. I'm like, yeah, I, your friend is somebody that everyone needs. Everyone needs a friend like that that just doesn't care. And they like point it out to you. And it's like, why do you care? And you're like, stop asking me questions. And I know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I just let me be mean. Let Ugh. me let me live in my anxiety bubble for a second. Yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> so for you, when um, like when when did the podcast come around? Like, what what made you decide to build that? Oh man, great question. Thanks, um, man. <laughs> It was 2021 when I started it, uh, like another thing, like the pandemic, um, November 2021. Yeah, it was like another pandemic thing. And it's like I used to do a podcast years ago with my buddy Billy called uh, Bill and Tim's Bogus Podcast. This was like 2013, kind of like we were ahead of the curve, but like we were just doing it for fun. So I had all of the same equipment, but I didn't want to go into it half-assed. I've always would half-ass stuff and like I wanted to make sure I had a logo, theme song, and like what I wanted to do. And then I realized I'm like, I'm just another bald white guy with a beard talking in a microphone. Like no yeah. one's gonna want to hear me talking about anything and everything. You know what I mean? And so like I just got out of like the mental health like issue with that I've been battling and like I started growing as a person and learning. And I was like, damn, you know what? I was like, it'd be great to like do another podcast on that. So that was a year before I started. So the year I started a whole year before that was me just like trying to get myself motivated to do it and do it and say I was going to do it. And like I had a logo, but I didn't have a theme song yet. I'm like, I'm not going to start it now. But like I could have got it done in like a month, but I, I, I pushed it aside, pushed it aside. 
And then 20, 10 minutes got created and people are like, oh, like, why is it called that? And I was like, well, like my ADHD is one thing and I can't talk for long periods of times by myself. So it's kind of like a running gag. So it's like 20, 10 minutes and like there's only one M. So it's like a combination. So my episodes are roughly 20 minutes on Tuesdays. And then Thursdays is just like kind of a free for all on interviews. Mm -hmm. So like they'll come on and be like, so why is it called 20, 10 minutes? Is this going to be like a 20 minute interview? I'm like, oh no, that's just like my name now. It's a, it's a running <laughs> gag. So people, it, people get kind of confused about it, but that's what I love about life is like when in doubt, wait them out. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I love like confusing people and like when they come on my show and they don't, they don't know what they're getting into. I just, I absolutely love it. They, 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 they put like a 20 minute block for your recording in their calendar. They get on, they're like, Oh, what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's why I always change it to an hour just to be like, well, it says an hour. I don't know what you, what you're doing. Yeah. Oh man. What, what, what do you think your biggest less the biggest lesson you've learned from the podcast is? Oh man, that's another great question. Uh, like a life one or just like a podcasting host one? <laughs> uh, I mean, we could do both. Let, let's start with life first and then we'll go into the hosting. Yeah. Uh, I'd say life is like just like enjoying it more and being like, man, life does rule, especially like talking to other people. Like, dude, I'm not even just saying this. Like we talked for like a good, like 10 minutes before this and I had a really good conversation and this interview has been awesome. I oh, can't thanks, wait to just like, yeah. Um, so it's stuff like that. You get to meet all these people. Like I've made like legit friendships with people that I like chat with still and like talk with. It's like, that's, what's like cool about it. It's like, it made me realize like life is pretty like just weird. It's like the internet was created. Then all of a sudden it's like, now we're talking to people through our computers. Like, again, like I grew up when AOL 1.0 came out where you couldn't pick up the phone. Like, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? So like, this is all mind blowing to me when I, I take it in perspective and take a step back You're like, dude, like life is pretty cool. Like. I had issues during this winter, but I told myself, I was like, keep going until the wheels fall off, no matter how angry or upset I was that day. There's episodes you can go back and watch. You'd be like, oh yeah, Tim was uh, not in a good mood that day. Right. So it made me just tougher and just be like, don't ever give up um, the corny stuff like that, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, and it gives you something to look forward to because I, I found that when I was really struggling, that was one of the biggest problems I had was that there was nothing I was looking forward to. I was like, yeah. uh, everything in like in my schedule, I don't care about. Like if I left, left the earth right now, I don't care. But with the show, you, you, you're working on a craft and you have people yeah. coming on and it gives you something to look forward to, something to work on. I find that helped me so much. Yeah. I didn't want to let people down again. That's another thing. I don't like letting people mm. down. And I don't think anyone even listens. I tell people all the time, like, <laughs> if you listen to the show, can you just like shoot me a message so I know? And no one does. And then I'll run them, I'll run into them and like random, like, dude, I love your show. I'm like, if you loved it, you would know that I said, shoot me a message. I'm like, what is going on? But they'll know it. Like, I don't even, I, I don't re listen to my episodes. So people will come up with references to me mm -hmm. and I'll just laugh. And they're like, yeah, you said that. I'm like, I did. Yeah, like, I don't remember that at all. So it's kind of it's like my own show. I don't even know that, that I what I said. So it's kind of fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the, the I think the, the biggest the thing that means the most to me is like when people come up, I've had this a couple times, like I'll be at a party. And so, one of my friends boyfriends or something will be like, Hey, li like this and they recite something either I said or the guest said, like word for word that I don't even remember. And they were like, that changed everything for me. And I'm like, that's awesome. That's why I do it. Like, that's the best feeling in the world. You Canadians are different though, man. You guys are just all so nice to each other. Like, hey, dude, I heard that thing. You said it was wicked funny guy. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's, what I, that's what I get. You get like, oh yeah, that changed my life for the good. I'm like, dude, I was telling my buddy about it, dude. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, we try to be, I mean, listen, the pandemic affected everyone, obviously, but you could tell in Canada when... It, like people were irritated because you're like, oh, people aren't holding the door for me anymore. And no one's telling oh, me, asking me how yeah. my day's going. Like people got angry up here. I, um, I love Toronto. I went up there just right after when the, uh, the Bruins won that series, when they were down a bunch of games and then they beat you, beat the Toronto Maple Leafs. That was really fun. <laughs> so we went up to Toronto and it was awesome. I love Toronto a lot. And the poutine, I love. And then I also got a lobster roll from a McDonald's up there when I was uh, inebriated and I got violently sick. And I didn't know you Ugh. guys sold lobster rolls at McDonald's, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to try it. Ugh. Bad decision. Bad yeah, decision. Don't ever do that. No. I, I, the, as soon as I came out with that, I was like, I will never order that. I'm, oh. I'm good. I instantly, we walked by when I go, I'm doing it. Walked in, walked out. And I was like, worst decision of this whole trip. But no, Toronto's beautiful. We had a, a blast up there. We did, we went up there for the Hockey Hall of Fame. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. We got a good one up here. Yeah. 
Now, um, how long? So wait, November twenty twenty one, you started the show. Yeah, so it's been a, it's been a. Wait, hold on, what? No, twenty twenty, right? Twenty twenty, yeah. Okay, yeah, it's right. been a year. I don't know math, man. I'm a yeah, podcaster. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a good for nothing podcaster, man. No, yeah. uh, do you like? What's next? Do you have any plans for the show? Um, it's uh, it's always tough because like I don't uh, the cocky confidence thing is a is a gray area I have tough with because anytime I feel confident I feel like I'm just being too cocky a little bit mm -hmm. and I'm not cocky about my show whatsoever it's doing really good for like where I'm at like like on Good Pods I'm like the number one indie like mental health podcast but like not many people know what Good Pods is so like Still. I've gotten some like it's some yeah some some people have gotten like I've gotten like good reviews on random sites like like. Like I'm an egomaniac sometimes. I'm not gonna lie. So like I'll Google just like 20, 10 minutes like mm. lists and just see where I'm on. And like one list it was like the hundred best ones you should listen to like in America now. And it was like I was number nine. And I was like, oh Damn. man, that'd be. I'm like that's really cool. So like when people reach out to me that are random, like this woman Jenny, who's like a diehard fan. She's from like California. I, I she's a little bit older than me, and she like writes all these like nice things to me. And I'm like, oh, like she keeps me going. And I and like she bought my first shirt. Like, it was just like super cool. It's like, I never thought I, I knew what a fan was. Like, I know what listeners are, but like a fan, I was like, I got a fan. I was like, that's so cool. So I think like the next thing I want to do, and I know we talked about Taylor James a little bit, like him doing a live show was so yeah cool to see. Like, it made me want to like, maybe do like a live show, like a benefit show, like raise money for like the suicide coalition that I, I roll with, or even like doing like a, a speaking at like a, like a middle school or like a high school about mental health or something. I think that would be really cool. I, I definitely got to like figure out a way to do it without swearing and being myself. So I think that would take some time. Right. Um, I don't think you can wear hats in, in schools anymore. So I don't know if I no, can even can. get through the door. Yeah. I don't <laughs> know if I could do all that. Like I'm bald and stuff. I don't want everyone knowing I'm bald. Um, but no, that's probably like what my next goals are. They're not something huge, but I, I just, I don't know. I just want to have, I like, keep having fun and just making better like interview connections and stuff. And like I said, I'm definitely going to have you on for sure. Um, and I'll poach your questions right back to you. So it's going to be way easy. Of course, of course do it. <laughs> no, I'll let you. <laughs> this, this isn't really a podcast question, but like, obviously, you know, we already talked about it. Like this misconception that once you're, once you figured stuff out, you're good. You, you never experience a down day or the ideations anymore. So for like you, obviously we know it's all bullshit. Like you're yeah. going to deal with that. What keeps you going when you experience that like ideation or like just a day where you're like, Hey, I really hate myself today. Oh man. It's, it's a mixed bag. Cause sometimes I, I forget things or I don't really realize how good they are. It's like, I just think about like my mom, I like about my mom a lot because she's like my best friend and like to let her down be terrible. And then like, I just think about like friends and like, and like cer certain little things. I'm like, oh man, like I gotta go watch that Marvel movie. It's like, if I died today, I wouldn't finish the series. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's again, it's like the little things. It's like, I wouldn't come home to like my cat, my dogs. Like I got two dogs and two cats. It's like, who would take care of them? So it's like, those things kind of keep me going. And, but then again, it's like, with the podcast too, it's like, I want to still have fun. I, like there's so many things I want to do. Like I want to go to Japan sometime in my life. Like I've never been to Japan. Um, I like, I want to get some more dumb tattoos. Like I just want to like do stupid stuff. And like, I love being stupid. I love being dumb. I love not taking life seriously because life isn't serious. If you think about it, it's like all these rules just happen to happen. It's like, I don't even know like how the world started. It's like, we're just a bunch of people walking around and it's just like ridiculous. And like, we're all like, yeah, we got to make sure we do this and that. I'm like, this is not going to matter when we're dead. Mm. Like, I don't know. I don't know anything about stocks. I was reading about stocks for some reason. I'm like, why am I doing this? There's no <laughs> reason for me to do this. Like, it's just ridiculous. The things you can do and get away with in life. And a lot of it's not good, but a lot of it is good if you seek it out. But yeah, man, life's just weird. And I, I think that's like the only way I can answer it is like, it's just weird. And you got to keep, keep riding with it to see what's next. I find the weirdness is beautiful though. Oh, it really is. I love like, I like anomalies. I like, like freak shows. I like all that type of stuff. Like, just like, like, like the, you know who I love is, uh, who are they? Brittany and Abby Hansel, the, the conjoined sisters. Yeah. They share one body with two heads. They're, I, 
I love them. I, I actually emailed them to try to get them on the podcast because I would love to get their point of view on mental health for probably what they go through on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're impossible to find, um, <laughs> which you wouldn't think they would be. Right. But yeah, it's like stuff like that. I love them. Like, dude, that, that's so interesting in life that like we're just living a life and these people are two different people in one body just walking the walking the earth. And apparently they're teachers right now. So that like, wow. blows my mind. It's like I can only imagine like his kids are awful. Kids are just mean. Yeah. Like kids will come up to you like, "Hey, you're bald," and like run away and be like, "Man, that hurts." Oh, <laughs> like, I've been car- I've been called Marshmallow Man so many times. Oh. I'm like I'm not even like I'm not even that big. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they like they say an age that's like way off. Like, what are you like fifty? I'm like, come on. I'm like what? <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, kids today. I know. Man. But yeah, the the weirdness I, I live for. Hell yeah. Now, um, uh, it, I, I always end the show kind of like this, but if, if there's like, yeah. if there's a listener out there who's, you know, struggling with suicidal idea, like there's a lot of it right now. I mean, I think there's always been, and I think the, the light getting shine shown on it, is that the word shine shown, whatever it is, the light getting shine on it is important. I think it's important to have more exposure on this stuff, but it feels like there's more, you know, there, there's more depression, there's more ideation just because of everything that's going on, everything in the world. It's a lot to handle for people. So for anyone listening who might be going through that, struggling with the ideation, struggling with life in general, not really seeing a point, if you were in a room with them, what would you want you know, to, to say to them? Well, first off, I'd make sure to have them give me a hug. And I, even if they don't care, like I'd be like, they, people out there think that no one cares and like I might not ever meet those people or anything but if I got to like you just said like if you were in a room with them it's like I would love to be in a room with somebody like that I'd love to just hear them out what's going on and just tell them it's like dude this is your life or do that dude or do that let mm. it shine down and you can do whatever you want it's like I didn't have to do the podcast I wasn't made to do this podcast but I'm doing it because it makes me happy it's like what is what makes you happy is what you need to find out find your happiness. And I've been doing that right now and I'm still in the midst of it. And I'm trying to figure out what makes me truly happy. It's like this podcast makes me happy. My family makes me happy. That's what makes me happy. I'm going to spend time doing those things. If you don't find something that makes you happy, shoot me a message and we're going to figure it out. 22 minutes. I don't care. I don't have many friends anymore. All my friends are in my laptop somehow because life is weird. Mm. But if anybody out there just needs to talk, I think everyone case by case is different. But if you know something that makes you happy and you think about killing yourself, it's like that happiness was waiting for you and you, it's, it was never going to happen. Like at least give it a chance. That's why I say is just give it a chance to find that happiness. I love it, man. Where can all my listeners find you, the show, all your stuff? Yeah, so it's 20 Tim Minutes. It's uh, the numerical two and zero and then T-I-M, but not a second M. It would be in its. You can just Google my name, Tim McCarthy, 20 Tim Minutes. You'll find me anywhere. All my social media handles are the same. I actually have a 20 Tim Minutes app you can download for free on the Android and Apple store, which is ridiculous. But hey, download it anyway. Um, and like I got merch on my website. You can donate to the Plymouth County Suicide Prevention Coalition if you want to help them out. Nonprofit, all the proceeds go right to them. Great people. It helps the little people out. I know like there's like the uh, the NAMI, all these other big companies, but helping those little communities uh, for donations is uh, where it's at. Hell yeah, man. I'll put those links down below. Tim, thank you so much for joining me on the show, man. It's been a pleasure. Harry, you're the balls, dude. Thank you so much for letting me come on. <laughs> of course. And to all my listeners, I will see you guys next time.